0: Uh, jump on the train. If, if anything, join TikTok just so you can catch the lives. So what are we doing tonight? What are we doing tonight, right? So our first episode for The Real Physician Reacts is a doozy. If, again, if you don't know what Real Physician Reacts is, this is my weekly live series that I come on, go on live, and then I just react to something that comes across my social media feed. Whether it's uh, COVID this, whether it's something about the flu, whether it's like business related, like whatever, I just give the personal opinion from the physician perspective, which I know this is something that a lot of people don't get, right? Because a lot of people, you know, they have a very, you know, uh, cookie cutter presentation online and you don't really know, like, how do they really feel? about a topic, right? So I I encourage you, especially if you're on YouTube, um, even if you follow me on TikTok, first of all, if you're watching this live and you don't follow me on TikTok, like correct that ASAP. Um, But even if you do follow me on TikTok, make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel as well too, because we got a lot of things coming on specifically for the YouTube channel. So this week, this week, this evening, we are going to be talking about, this is a very interesting, a very interesting process that kind of came across my feed. We have a gentleman in the state of Texas by the name of George Stewart. George Stewart is his name. And um, full disclosure, uh, I'm hoping in the next couple weeks, TikTok will allow me to go live via desktop because then I can kind of show you what I'm reading as I am reading. Because I like to do that. I like to kind of pull up articles so you guys can see what I'm talking about. Unfortunately, this week, they don't do it, but that's okay. Well, we will make do exactly how we need to make do, right? Again, make sure if you, you're on the live, make sure you like, make sure you send them hearts, make sure you send them shares. So we have George Stewart, who is suing not one, not two. He is suing six medical schools, right? Let's think about this. He's suing six medical schools. And guess what the reason Mr. Stewart is suing these six medical schools, Right. Just drop it in the comments. Just take a wild guess why you think uh, a person named George Stewart could be suing not one, two, three, six different medical schools all in the state of Texas. All right. I see. I see. You know, yeah, I I see the thinking brains come. He is suing them because they didn't accept him to their medical school. So that's the first thing that's the first part. They didn't accept him to their medical school. Hey, how's it going? How's it going, everybody? Yeah, do, do not yeah, do not yeah, don't don't be shy. Drop it in the comments. We are good. This is gonna be a lively discussion. Um, yes, refusing admissions, Sabrina. Sabrina says it. Um he got refused admission to not one, not two, six different medical schools. So now he has turned around and he's going to sue all six medical schools. Now, mind you, I don't know if those are the only six medical schools he applied to. At least in a lawsuit, it, it just kind of brings that up. He's like, yeah, I'm suing all of these six. He's suing them because they discriminated on his, you know, in his thought process, they discriminated against him because he was white and he was a male. Like, yes, let's, let's take that in. An institution, and we'll, we'll run some numbers in a little bit, an institution that predominantly takes white men this guy, Mr. Stewart, is suing them because they discriminated against him because he was a white man, right? Like that. So just so we can kind of wrap our heads around the discussion for tonight. Like that's this is where the discussion is going. And this, I think it's going to be a good. one. This is where the discussion is going. So here he goes. And let's name. Um, let's see. If we can name the six medical school. because not only do I have kind of the the article that looks like this is out of the Texas Tribune, but like he, I also have the actual like lawsuit that was submitted, right? So we're, I'm not gonna obviously I'm not gonna bore you if if enough people say they really want to see the lawsuit, I can I'll throw a link um, under one of my associates so you can quickly see it, but. Like, this was happening, right? So he's suing Texas Tech University Health Sciences, the University of Texas at Austin, the University of Texas Health Science Center at Houston, the University of Texas Medical Branch at Galveston, the University of Texas Health Center at San Antonio, and the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center. So, all of these, yeah, that's too funny. Uh, Robin says, Why is he complaining about not getting 400K debt? Robin, we we could have a whole conversation on that we can have a whole conversation on uh, medical debt. So he's suing those six medical schools because he claims he claims that hey, you know what? The only reason why they didn't take me, a white male with an MCAT score that he reports as being 5'11, uh, a 5'11 MCAT score, he reports that the reason why they didn't take cuz he's a white man. So how did he, how did he get to this point? Like how did he get to a point where he could say oh, I know the reason why they didn't take me. What he did is he looked back, like after he was not accepted, again, I'm not sure, it doesn't say how many times he's applied to medical school. And for full disclosure, for those who may not know, Texas, like the state of Texas is extremely tough when it comes to getting into medical school. Especially if you're like, if you're out of the state, trying to apply to the state of Texas medical school, extremely tough. They they run a very close knit system. But if you're in the state of Texas, it's just as tough. So it's not like it's a walk in the park just because you happen to be in the state of Texas. So here he is, uh, I guess he's a Texas resident, went to Texas um, uh, University for undergrad, and he just figured, hey, you know, with my grades and my score, let's let's um, let's talk about his uh, grades and score, just so everyone can kind of be uh, fully aware, right? In terms of uh, the numbers he had, he says, let's see here, he had a 3.96 GPA with a biology degree, and then he scored that 511 on the MCAT, right? So he's like, man, I got great numbers. What do you mean I'm not accepted to your schools? So then he went back and said, hey, I'm going to look back and see who are all of the people you accepted uh, when you didn't accept me, which is kind of, which is bold, to say the least. Like most people, when they don't get accepted to medical school, they're trying to think and they're trying to game plan, like, okay, uh, what can I do the next cycle around? What did I do or not do that made it so that like they didn't accept me this year. That's how most pre-meds think. But no, nope. Mr. Stewart says, you know what? I'm going to look to see all the people you applied, who you accepted. I mean, I'm going to look to see what their average uh, GPAs are. I'm going to look to see what their average MCAT scores are. And I'm going to see, um, was I held to a fair disadvantage? So let's let's just give a, you know, and and this really, obviously, I'm talking about medical school. I'm talking about you know, you know, not getting accepted to medical school. But what's really at play here underlying is an, another attack against affirmative action, right? It's another attack against a, a policy that was put in place to say, hey, you know what? We did uh, minorities so wrong in the beginning. We did women so wrong in the beginning that we said, you know what? We need to have policies that try to at least catch up to the gap there was such a significant gap of uh, not uh, women, not minorities in these professional schools because of everything that was done before. Again, that could be a whole long discussion as well. And here you go. You have another attempt at trying to pick at like, oh, is this an affirmative action play? Can we make affirmative action unconstitutional? Like this is the goal. Right. And he and he talks about it, right? Because he starts comparing uh, his scores in comparison uh, to black applicants, his scores in comparison uh, to uh, FEMA applicants. And he sees like, hey, my numbers are better. Like, why didn't I get it? And what I would tell a lot of people, which I don't think a lot of people realize it, is, oh, and, as, uh, this, as, that's why they say, I wonder who's backing him to get rid of. Oh, we're, we're going to talk about that, right? We're going to definitely talk about who's, because it's not like he just as a, you know, pre-med student, he just kind of came up with this lawsuit. So we'll talk about who's kind of behind him with this lawsuit. When you're when we're doing our I guess grouping, right? When we're looking at black applicants, white applicants, asian applicants, east indian like when we're doing that type of grouping especially from and I used to be a former program director so I understand We're not necessarily cross comparing like, all right, this white applicant and this black applicant, what did they do? A lot of times we typically group within the subgroups that they're already in. And unfortunately, especially for Mr. Stewart, within his subgroup, the white male within that subgroup, his numbers aren't that impressive. They're impressive. Don't don't get it twisted. They're impressive. But within that subgroup, they're really not that impressive. So, unfortunately, he is running into his own enemy, right? Like, it's his group that makes him look not as good. So, it, but unfortunately, because of Mr. Stewart, and he feels entitled, and we, I saw a couple people mention it, because he feels entitled to the spot, which unfortunately, I think when I see a lot of pre-meds, and especially when I used to see a lot of residents or a medical students going to try to be a residency you could tell that a lot of people felt this level of entitlement, hey, I got these certain scores and this uh, letter of recommendation, I'm supposed to be here. Like, that's my spot. And for a lot of these medical schools, especially in this day and age, like they see the numbers, they're okay with the numbers, but they're not going crazy with the numbers. They're not like overly excited. They're like, all right, yep, he did good. Um, but what else did he do? Like, and again, we're not going to speak for Mr. Stewart. I don't know what other, I don't know what his CV looked like. I don't know what type of volunteer work he did. I don't know who he got letters of recommendation from. But when we lead with this thought process that, oh, if I got a certain number of score, I should automatically be accepted. And then we get hit with the reality that you are talking to human beings on the other side. It's not like a computer program is who accepts it to medical school. They're human beings. There are human beings who are saying, yeah, you know what? Like, yeah, his numbers look good, but maybe he did, maybe he did shitty on uh, the interviews because that happens a lot. You'll, you'd be surprised how many people will have great board scores, great numbers, and then you get them in the interview and you're asking them questions. You're trying to figure out who is this person in front of me. And lo and behold, like, oh, no, there's no way we can accept this person. Like, this, this person is not going to be a good fit. Now I feel bad for him that he wasn't a good fit at six different medical schools, but if you have great numbers as you you know you claim to you have, and six different medical schools said, "Nah, we're passing on that." Like there's things you're not telling us, right? Like there's things you're just not educating us and educating and letting us know. So here, so so we talk about, and someone kind of mentioned. Like, who brought this lawsuit in the first place? Like, is it, is it a doctor who really said, like, a pre-med who's like, oh, I'm going to sue all six in medical school, right? No. Um, this is uh, brought forth uh, by, let's see, lawsuit comes and uh, I'll just read the uh, article. Um, the lawsuit comes as the conservative majority in U.S. Supreme Court appears poised to roll back policies that allow race to be considered in college admissions in two cases uh, before the fall. Uh, the lawsuits were brought to the high court by a affirmative action opponent uh, group Students for Fair Admission, a nonprofit led by Edward Blum. Um, and now the group is uh, also being led by another group, America's First Legal, a group created by Stephen Miller, a former political advisor uh, to pro- former President Trump. Right. So, again, these are the people who are leading this fight. Now, unfortunately, Mr. Stewart is the figurehead. Like, he's the one who, again, gets put on this mantle. But we see who's in the background. Like, we see who's in the background really pulling the strings to try to get this together. Do I believe that America's First Legal and this other um, organization actually care if he goes to medical school at any of those places? No, of course not. Not. And then let's, let's think about it. You're suing me. And it is, his lawsuit's is funny. It's, a, it's like 27, but it's an easy. 27 pages was an easy read. His lawsuit is funny because he says, oh, I plan on applying next year. Like, I plan on continuing to apply uh, to your school. So imagine you're on my side. You know the guy in front of you, right, is actively suing your school that you're a part of. Like, how many people are going to raise their hand and say, yes, let's, let's take him in. Let's take him in. Like, he definitely needs to be a part of us. No. Like, no one's going to do that. Like, no one. Because he said, like, hey, I plan to apply next year. And you better. Like, almost like as if you better accept me, right? Is that one of those talks where we talk about this level of entitlement? Like, you better take me. Right? Like, it's just. Yeah. It's just a, a wild bunch, man. Let's let's look at some of his comments. Let's uh, let's get to these comments here. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, see someone said it best, right? I, which I love, right? So. Uh, let me see if I can, let's pin a comment for a little bit so we, we'll highlight, right? It's Texas, right? There are probably 5 billion people with those scores. And that's the truth. And, and And especially with, unfortunately, when you're comparing his group, which again, I feel bad that they're comparing his group, but when you're looking at other white males, his scores are not impressive. And I know it hurts. It probably hurts him to say that. It probably hurts for him to hear that the scores I have aren't really like all that. Like, it, it probably hurts as well. Uh, so that, that, that's what's uh, hilarious about all these things here, right? So let's, and then, oh, Robin, Robin has a great point, right? Even with those policies, and we talk about the policies as far as trying to uh, even up and righten the ship as far as getting more minorities, more females into medicine, law, and all these other uh, post-professional uh, schools, even with all those changes, it's still difficult it is still difficult uh, to find great physicians, right? Especially minority black physicians. And I I got some numbers, right? So the AAMC, AAMC, right? These are just applicants. These are just the number of applicants that applied last year. So when we talk about African-American, right? Or black or African-American, 4,921 applicants applied to medical schools last year. That is a decrease from the year before, y'all. And, and mind my that 4,000 is lowest, right? That is a decrease from the year before. In comparison, um, Asian-Americans, uh, 12,719 applied last year. Um, whites, 22,896 applied last year. And of course, obviously applied is one thing. We're definitely gonna talk about like who actually got accepted. But I can assure you, that the group that applied the lease didn't suddenly jump up to the top two as far as those who are actually accepted. So you still have these policies where like, yeah, you know, they, they're trying to make it even, but it, it's, it ain't really working because we have gotten so discouraged with the process. And I'll just talk about medicine. We have gotten so discouraged with the process of applying and being rejected that now we aren't even applying anymore. Like, we're not even trying to apply for these spots anymore because we're so discouraged with the fact that, like, oh, we're, we're not going to get it. Like, that is what's happening. That is what we're dealing with kind of as we speak here, right? So, and I and those numbers I kind of mentioned, again, about roughly 23,000. This is out of a total of 55,000 applicants last year. A total of 55,000 people roughly um, applied to medical school last year. twenty three Roughly about 23,000 were white. Roughly about forty nine hundred or five. Let's say, well, I'll round it up. Five thousand were black, right? So that's yeah, a little bit, a little bit under ten percent, right? And then twelve thousand Asian, um, Hispanic. Let me see what my Hispanics folks here. Uh, Hispanics about thirty two hundred. Now it, it, it's interesting because they split up Hispanic uh, different. So Hispanic origin only thirty two hundred, but then there's a Hispanic white that's two thousand. So you could roughly say probably about 5,000 when we talk about uh, Hispanics. But let's talk about who actually got accepted because it's one thing to apply and send that application in and pay money to p- send that application in and pay money to do your interviews. It's one thing to do that. But at the, after it's all said and done, who actually got accepted to the school, right? That's, that's I think that's what's important. We want to know. We had 22,000 people, total people, right, actually get accepted to medical school. Um, 9,500 were white. Um, for black, the number is 1,800. So remember, 4,900 applied, only eight about 1,800 actually got accepted. Uh, for Asian, uh, about 12,000 applied, about 5,500 got accepted. So here, the arms race is there. Like, George, like it's it's not our fault, right? And when I say "our," I talk about me, right? Because whenever, whenever I see like instances like this, right, where people are trying to assume that the reason why you know someone black or female got into medical school was because of affirmative action, I, they're, like they're they're talking about me. Like, how can I not assume like I'm they're one of their reference points? Like, look at Dr. Barry here, right? Like, he's probably another affirmative action admission. But like, let me tell you, right? So I'd I, I always tell this story. I remember when I first got to medical school. First, you know, first year I got to medical school, you know, imposter syndrome out the wazoo. And I'm sitting here, you know, just kind of talking to my other first, uh, first-year students, right? For, you know, classmates and everything. And I'm just trying to, f- like, trying to figure out who these people are, right? Because, you know, I had, you know, I had did what I need to do, and I, now I'm on the other side, right? Now people are, you know, now I'm the medical student, that the pre-med, big accomplishment. So I start asking around, like, hey, hey, you know, so how'd you get here? Because I want to know, like, was their story as rough as mine? Because I had a rough story. I'll, I'll talk about it one day, right? I had a rough story to get there. And when I hear I would hear stories like, oh, well, you know, my, you know, my dad's a, an alumni here and my mom went here and uh, my dad's friends with this person and my mom's friends with this person. And all of a sudden I started recognizing very early that I was one of the hardest working people up to date to get to that point. Right. Like I didn't have the connections needed. I didn't have the alumni connections. I didn't know people in the dean. I didn't have good letters. I didn't have those things. Um, but somehow, some way, because of my grades, my interview skills and everything else, I was still able to overcome it. So I was very taken aback because it like it, it, it was like the wool was pulled over my eyes. Like all of a sudden I could see all of a sudden I could see all of a sudden it was like, wow, like I actually belong here. Right, and as a as a minority, right, one of the tough things, especially in medicine, is like you're always wondering, like, man, shit do I? Am I really supposed to be here? Like, is this, like, is you know, was it a mistake? Like, did I just? Did, did, was I an affirmative action choice? Like, you really start thinking about that, especially when you see things like this occur. So it becomes almost a slap in the face, especially for, um, you know, black physicians and female physicians. And I, always, I, and I love to mention, right, because I think a lot of times, especially because a lot of these uh, against affirmative action um, folks, right, they never seem to, like, draw the conclusion that uh, women benefited greatly from affirmative action, right? Like, you like, think the minorities had it bad. Like, the women were just as bad. So, imagine being a black woman. Shout out to my black women, right? Imagine being a black woman when you had the double whammy. You had being black as an issue and you had being a woman as an issue, right? So, when, when people are fighting against affirmative action, I always wonder, I was like, man, you know what? Like, I wonder how many, I wonder how many women are going to be affected um, by this fight because, like, it's, it's got to hit them too, right? And he mentions it in his lawsuit. He says, hey, like, if you're a woman, Right or if you're a minority, non-Asian. He, he even even in his lawsuit he mentions non-Asian. So he doesn't include Asian in his lawsuit, right? Because he says no, no, no. The Asians are okay. Asian Asian men, Asian men are okay. White men are okay. But everybody else, I don't know how you got here. And it it seems very suspicious, uh, for me. It's very very suspicious, right? Like that's. I mean, just just a different little slap in the face. So that's I mean, that's what we typically have to deal with. And uh, in, in this case here, um, let's see here. Let's 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 talk. Let's look at some of these comments. Yep. Yep. And yeah, 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 you're right. These lawsuits are never random. And it's Texas. Right. You're not Texas. Go. Um, I don't want something barely uh, operating on I me, mean, barely pass. Right. Oh, let's see. This is a good one. Right. So let's let's talk about. So I like this comment here, right? I don't want someone operating on me who barely passed or passed with bonus points, right? When I tell you, right, uh, king of battle, right? When I tell you the likelihood, right, that you had a surgeon, you had a physician who had a bump in the road, right, a little a little trouble uh, in his academic journey to be that surgeon to take care of you is very high. I think a lot of people would be very surprised how many doctors, right? And and I'm talking about neurosurgeons, brain like brain surgeons. I'm talking about orthopedic surgeons, cardiothoracic surgeons, primary care, OB. I think a lot of people would be very surprised um, if if they if they ask their doctor for their transcripts, like, if, if, hey, can you give me your transcripts when you're an undergrad to uh, pre med undergrad medical school in like your your letters of rec when you are a residency i think a lot of people would be shocked um but it's this it's this misnomer that people think that if you barely pass one step of the way whether it be your mcat whether it be um, when you're a pre-med trying to get to, at, out of anatomy of phys, and you had a tough biochem too or even more important a tough organic chem i know a lot of especially my pre-med folks know about that organic chem weed out Right? A lot of people think because you had trouble there, you, you're going to have trouble when you get to my point here. Far from the case. Right. And I think, again, I think a lot of people will be shocked at uh, especially. Let me, let me tell you something. right? You know, full disclosure. Right. Shout out, shout out to my surgeons. Right. Don't hurt me, surgeons. Don't not hurt me, please. Um, like when we think about surgeons. Right. We're not saying that like, oh, they're the brightest of the bunch when we're talking about medicine right? Surgeons aren't looked at as the brightest of the bunch. Not to say that they're not smart. Please don't tag no surgeons saying, Dr. Barry, called them dumb. I ain't saying that. I'm just saying that when we, on this side, look at all of the specialties, we're not enamored uh, by the the super intelligence from a surgeon. We're enamored by the hand skills. We say, yeah, hand skills are on point. But we're not like, oh, my God, like I I can only imagine if that person's a neurosurgeon. They've got to be super smart because we know we know uh, the real. But again, I do, I do like I do like that because, again, a lot of people think that. And that's usually a lot of people's argument when we talk about um, affirmative action. We're we talking about getting uh, applicants who may not meet like this, this standard Standard criteria, and, and remember when we talk about standard criteria, who is the standard you are comparing them to? Unfortunately, for Mister Stewart's case, the standard that we are comparing them to was the standard that you know his white men like used, like that's the white man standard. Hey, we just compared you to your standard, and he was upset because minorities and females were compared to their standards, and he wants it to be he wants it to be a wash, right? He wants the whole human element out of it i'm almost sure if this guy got especially with those grades i'm pretty sure if this guy got uh, dropped from being accepted to six different medical schools he was probably a shitty interviewer i'm i'm i don't want to say 100 we're nothing's 100 but i'm almost sure he was probably a shitty interviewer because if you got those numbers those numbers will get your foot in the door they'll get they'll get us to listen like we'll listen if you got some good scores, which i hate i hate in and of itself because I don't think that should be the case but we'll listen right because like all right you know you, this guy's book smart let's see let's see if he's street smart let's see if he's got you know some common sense let's see if he's gonna be a great team builder right let's see if he's gonna do all those things there and usually once we talk about that that's when it just falls to the side as a program director as a program director i have probably gone over, let's say, da, 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 12, probably 12 to 1600 applications, right, for residency, which means I probably read 12 times 3, 3,000 3, to 3,600 um, letters of recommendation, because I usually have about three letters of recommendation. And I read fast, so for people who are like, oh my God, how do you read that? I read fast. Um, and a lot of these letters of recommendations are trash anyway. Whole another discussion we, we can talk on. It when folks get to that interview the folks who i can look on paper and say all right yep they did good on boards which means like they took the time to focus on their boards but when i look at other things community service team building what other services that you offered and i see it's dry on that side i can i can almost tell what this app what this uh, interview is going to look like and 9 times out of 10 the interview is just that a person who is dry, a person who just thinks that because they got good scores, they deserve a spot here, and don't think they have to work on. It. Right, But yeah, definitely. Oh, I would love for them to take the MCAT away, All right? Because it's it's a it's a it's a bias. It's 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 bias in a way, right? Because when when I, I remember when I was taking MCAT, I was taking MCAT. I was a this is 5 ish right? Two thousand five. So two thousand five, I was taking MCAT. Uh, with my friend, Lanisha Farrigan, who is a family med physician now. And I remember we were all studying for this MCAT, all studying for this MCAT. And as we're studying, like, as, as, especially I was the first, I'm the first doctor in my family. Actually, I'm the only doctor in my family right now. Um, It's crazy. Uh, As we were studying for it, I, in the back of my mind, I'm just like, oh, like, I can't miss a question. I can't miss a question. I can't miss a question. And you, you carry that stress. You carry that burden. And for women, for minorities, a lot of times we carry so much undue stress on top of trying to take a standardized test when our education leading up to that standardized test isn't the standard, usually, right? So you have an education system that isn't even for everyone, and then you run into this standardized test and they say, hey, guess what? This test right here. Like if you don't do well on this test right here, your whole like dreams and aspirations since you had since you were like in elementary school, like kiss that goodbye. That is the pressure that pre-meds face to this day have been facing to the daily, which is why you have a lot more schools, medical schools, um, you know, residencies trying to look at other different routes of educating and trying to decide who is going to be a good person to be in my school because of how tough those conditions leading up to one standardized test and you could have great conditions and just have a bad day and then boom all of a sudden your whole career trajectory is like thrown for a loop so definitely uh definitely tough right um yeah yeah, yeah this, this is so funny yeah no this is a this is time right shout out Shout <laughs> out to Robert, right? I want to be a doctor because my dad and grandpa are doctors. Okay, yeah, that's what it is, right? A lot of people feel so entitled. They just feel like the spot is supposed to be theirs. So imagine when when you tell them the spot's not theirs. Now, mind you, mind you, with those scores, you got schools across the country that would have took this guy just based off the numbers. They're like, oh, those numbers look good. That means it makes us look good. Let's take them. He didn't want to go to those schools. He did. He said, those schools ain't the schools for me. I want to go here, and for all I know, he probably knew he ain't have a good chance. He probably knew, like, hey man, based based on my scores, they're like kind of they're kind of average, and I'm a bad interview. He probably knew he had a bad chance, so this is his like get out of jail free card, right? And again, I I just I I don't understand the long play because again, if I if I if I'm a, again if I'm an interviewer, right, and a George Stewart like comes across, and I'm like, hold on, is this the kid that? is suing those six schools out of Texas? Oh no 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 no. it ain't gonna happen. Of course folks ain't gonna admit it right because you can't admit that right but it ain't gonna happen. we I just know I know how bias works because as a black physician, I get biased a lot. That is a big bias. That is a big bias that is gonna t- is gonna be very difficult for folks to try to get over right and I, I just don't see it happening. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think he'll be bad as a um, future advocate, right? Um, yeah, oh yeah, see, and this I love this, right? I love this part right here, Robin mentions, right? If he gets into med school, there's definitely racial bias on his part. So think about this. So now that in his mind... He automatically thinks like the only reason why a female is in medical school is because they're female. The only reason why a minority, not Asian, is in medical school because of minority. Imagine, and now this is a person who's going to be tasked with taking care of patients. And for the most part, depending on where he's at, but the likelihood, um, he's going to be taking care of women, female patients, and he's going to be taking care of minority patients. right? And so this is already ingrained in him, he's not going to be able to shake that, like he's not shaking that like he already has that in his mental In his mental mind he feels like all right, my colleagues likely shouldn't be standing on the same stage that I stand, right I should be here because I'm a white male. I don't know if they should be here. I don't know about the MCAT scores I don't know about the g p a and again, I wish right it's it's one of those things. It's one of those things that when you're on the outside, those things seem crazy important. It's crazy important, GPA, MCAT. Once you get on the inside and you start realizing that like, oh, so because your pops is an alumni, ah, that's why you're here. Oh, so you got that letter of recommendation uh, from that one residency um, uh, you know, p- president. Oh, and that's why you're here. Once you start recognizing that there are a lot of other different factors at play that get people put in medical schools, like you're, you're, it goes world of wonders, man. All right? Um, do oh, so this is a good question, right? So let's we can spin off, right? Do any HBCUs have feeder programs to med schools? So I'm in the state of Florida. I'm in the state of Florida, so I can tell you that FAMU, right? FAMU, shout out to FAMU, that's in Tallahassee, Florida, has a uh, feeder program to FAU, which is Florida Atlantic. Uh, university from a med school standpoint. That's r- the one that I know of. Um, I know that um, UMNDJ or Rowan University has something similar, uh, but I forget to which uh, university um, that has. You would assume that Howard should have one because Howard has their own medical school. Um, you would assume Xavier is another one. So you would assume some of these HBCUs, but they don't really publicize it. And, and, and and you, we kind of mentioned like knowing someone. I hate to say it, but in those HBCUs, that's it's even worse. It's it's even boy. If you don't know who you need to know, you're likely not getting into that HBCU medical school. I hate to say it, right? Like it, it just is what it is. But I hate, I hate to say it. Um, I know, I, I'm a deal, I went to Nova Southeastern University. Um, which is not HBCU, Um, and I know uh, our, uh, we had like an MBS program, which is Master's in Biomedical Science, and we know that if you can get good grades in that MBS program, because essentially you took all the same first year classes, like a a first medical student, then you can, I think you still have to take another test, but you like would be frontline to get in place to get into that medical school, right? So there are feeder programs uh, for schools um, but they don't really publicize it, and I think a lot of the reason is is that they want to make sure, right? The people who they want to get in there it gets in there. Um, but it, it's definitely, definitely available for sure. Uh, let's see here. Uh, da, da, da. Uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, <laughs> that's too funny. Someone says orthopedic surgeons are uh, sadists, right? Shout out to the shout out to the orthos. They're pretty funny. Shout out to <laughs> let me see. Let's see here. What see let's see? I make make sure I don't I don't want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Yeah, this you know this is a point too, right? Shout out to Robin, right? Robin's Robin's live tonight, right? When it's crazy, and I, I kind of talked about just how low our numbers, especially for uh, Black minorities are for applying to medical school. It's so often that a lot of times we'll be like one of the few who are in pre-med, we'll be one of the few who are in anatomy physiology, one of the few who are in, and it just becomes evident, like as, especially when you're in that pre-med state of mind, trying to get to medical school, you start seeing just how small Your circle becomes especially if you know you don't go to the predominant HBCUs or even like a Duke or UNC that has a large population from a pre med standpoint, you start seeing like how difficult it is, um, you know, to get there, um, in, in that regards, right? Yep. Oh, shout out, shout out to the Howard doctors! Shout out, let's see, let's uh, let's see, let's see here yeah oh physics was physics was tough let me tell you my my difficult we we're, we're talking- we're talking about uh classes right now right we we were still in medical school um my classes for me especially when I was an undergrad organic and biochem biochem right no 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 bio two lab bio two lab i just hated um i just i didn't want to deal with the bugs right i didn't want to deal with the animals didn't want to do dissections i just knew that i just knew that wasn't me um in, in that regards um but yeah uh, Let's see here. Let's see if we got any more questions. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this is definitely it right here. This is I, I like this comment here. Shout out to DizB, right? Like he ain't try like there's no way he could be trying to get to med school. Like there's just no way like when you do this, like your end goal is I want to be a doctor. Like it just it doesn't make any sense in the world, right? Like again, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure you know, you know he's getting compensated one way, shape, or form. Um, someone, someone joked and said, you know, you know that he dodged a bullet because of that four hundred thousand in uh, debt. Yeah, it's uh, debt. The debt is crazy, but they pay you well, so you kind of, you know, you kind of live with it. Hi, Summer. How you doing? Let's see, Let's see. Make sure I got anything. Yeah, yeah. No. No. Bio Two Lab is crazy. Bio Two Lab. I just. I remember walking into Bio Two Lab one day, and then I was just like. Oh my god, like we gotta dissect all of this. Like they just had like lizards. It was just that's it now. Nah. This ain't it. This ain't for me. This, ain't it. this ain't it. This ain't for me. I just knew better. <laughs> oh, love it, love it. All right. So it looks like we don't have any questions, right? So again, I love it, right? So again, this is our first of many. This is our first of many. We typically come here Thursday evenings about nine PM Eastern. Thursday evening, nine PM Eastern, uh to talk about all kinds of topics, right? And now I saw someone posted earlier about the the C word, the COVID word. Um, Yes, I usually, and if you check my YouTube page, usually one out of every three or four is COVID related. Um, So we'll definitely have a COVID uh, real physician reacts, especially when I see something kind of crazy kind of come about. Um, I definitely, I definitely think we probably should have some pre-med discussions, some med school discussions. We'll, we'll, we'll have all of that. Like we'll, we'll kind of have all of that, uh, in the back, all right? Oh, my favorite undergrad class were, you know, like a, you know, interesting. I, I didn't, I didn't really, What did I tell you? I enjoyed my classes more. Um, I enjoyed physics more than like the bio and those types of, uh, courses. Like I was more of a fan of that. Um, yeah, I like the physics, like I like the physics, and even when I got to medical school, um, cardiophysiology was one of my favorite courses. I like the teacher too, but cardiophysiology was definitely one of my favorite courses. I always tell people, if I didn't like doing internal medicine, I would have just been a cardiologist because I really, really love, um, I really love a physiology and I really love that, but like organic chemistry, like, ugh, I don't know how y'all do it. I, yeah, so I see someone, Robin, say chemistry, i like, oh. Especially that organic Maybe like chem one, chem two Okay, you got me But when we start talking about or, uh, organic chemistry And you know, you gotta point the, the, the hydrogen one way into, Like yeah, like nah Like I get and, and mind you Like again, I'm an internist I don't know none of that stuff for organic chemistry I don't practice none of that stuff It'll never come up in my day Like it, that don't even But it's, unfortunately in medicine It's one of those weed out courses that you have to deal with um, can you find, uh, your mailing address? Oh, you want to send, oh, send me something, oh, okay. Uh, what is, where is my mailing address? Do I have a mailing address somewhere? Do I have my mailing address somewhere? Do I have, it? if I don't have it, I'll send, um, I'll send you a DM, uh, Dr. Terry Fl- uh, Fluker. I apologize if I pronounced it. Uh, I will, uh, send you a DM, um, to, if you want to send me something. I appreciate it. Uh, so you guys be blessed. Have a great evening. Um. Catch me tomorrow. I'm going to be going live tomorrow after rounds. After I do my rehab rounds, I'm going live. We do, we do like a post uh, a post um, round where I just kind of say, hey, you know, these are the patients I saw today. And I'm, I'm rounding at a couple places. I'm rounding at uh, my rehab facility and I'm rounding at a long-term care facility as well, too. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah. Team. Yes. Yeah, shout out to Team I Am. Right. Shout out to Team I Am. Um, yeah. Poem, yeah. Pwn Critical like at least the critical like poem even though poems got very interesting too right like the summer the doctor summer right poems got very interesting um especially those who like sleep medicine but yeah you know, it, it is right so y'all be blessed have a great evening i'm gonna get up out of here and remember sure you follow the page if you're a youtuber linked in the bio make sure you subscribe to the youtube page because we're gonna have some stuff there